just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. There is still plenty of opportunities to put a little something-something on the games. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, yes, golf. No matter what tickles your fancy, there is still plenty of action to whet your appetite. But just remember, where you bet is every bit as important, if not more so, than what you're betting on. That's why I tell my friends to go to mybookie.com. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big DraftKings fan duel, whatever. No, 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 no. Johnny come lately's. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does that matter? Oh, I don't know. In a million ways. Better lines, better payouts, less rules, you name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Now, make sure you read the rules on payouts regarding bonus wagering. It does require certain levels of wagering to collect your money. But if you just want to bet straight up, you don't want the deposit, you want to make a one-time bet for a million dollars, win it, and then walk away, Fine, you can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today. You've heard me talk about Tacovas, the company carrying on all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. Well, longtime listener Jeremy emailed me to say, Zabe, I was on a work trip to Austin, knew about Tacovas from the podcast, stopped into the store. Next thing you know, I've got a damn good pair of boots and I'm looking sharp with a nice buzz to boot. Giddy up. Tacovas believes in Western for all. And you can feel that when you stop in one of their stores and get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 at Tacovas.com. Just use promo code ZABE, that's promo code Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, at checkout. It's a $30 value, and they sell out fast. Only at Tacovas.com. Everybody's in the same game, and right now, if you look at the numbers that they're reporting, is they're trying to report sort of total eyeballs, right? How many people are watching on Linear? How many people have been watching on Peacock or wherever it is? And and I just, I think a lot of that is suspect because they really don't know what I'm doing on any given time. This is the ZabeCast. From the mean streets of McLean, Virginia, to the Harvard of the West, UC Santa Barbara. You got 30 minutes for some honest conversation about sports, life, and more? Well, good. Buckle up, and Let's go. October 31st, 2023, Halloween, <laughs> 2023. Thank you for downloading. I hope you and your little monsters have a great Halloween tonight. If you are already not had it, people sometimes trick-or-treat early and multiple times. Such was not the case when I grew up 
It was always on Halloween itself, no matter what day of the week it fell on. And it was at night, no matter what. We would not go out during the day. And you did it once. You didn't get to trick-or-treat multiple times. Of course, I grew up on the mean streets of McLean, Virginia. The leafy, suburban, single-family homes for which I can hardly afford myself now. The very boyhood home that my parents just sold. I mean, it would be a stretch, but whatever. I uh, wouldn't get as much house as I do now uh, trying to buy that house. We grew up in a neighborhood where, of course, there were little dangers to be worried about at night. And also the parenting was such that, eh, let a couple of 12-year-olds roam around as long as they got a friend. They'll be fine going door to door. It's a little bit dark in some spots, but there's that one neighbor who's a little bit weird, but I don't think he's actually any danger to the kids. Anyway, some Halloween-related sports stuff. Best costume I've seen so far, sports-related for Halloween, Randy Johnson and the Bird. A guy dressed up in his Randy Johnson number 51, Arizona Diamondbacks teal jersey, the one that they won the World Series in, and his wife or girlfriend dressed up in what looked like a bird costume with feathers that were drenched in blood and all disheveled. For that time, Randy Johnson turned a poor fleeting rock dove into nothing but a cloud of poof feathers with a 98-mile-an-hour heater. You know what Randy Johnson is doing now? I think for money, although it's not nearly as much money as he made pitching, he's a professional sports photographer. It's wild. He's got the tan vest, the super long telephoto zoom, a monopod that obviously has been extended to fit a six foot 11 guy. And he's shooting sports. Good for him. A lot of people I saw wearing red zone and witching hour, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend combination costumes. Whereas the guy dresses up with a TV around his neck with red zone on it, and then the gal dresses up as a witch, but with a clock on it set to 3 o'clock Eastern because that is the so-called witching hour where all the games start going sideways in the NFL. Pretty creative. Also creative, but I'm not sure the smartest thing to do, I saw somebody had a house decoration for Halloween that consisted of billowing sheets inside their windows with an orange light shooting up on them and a fan that was billowing the thin satin sheets so that from the outside, I mean, it looked like their house was completely engulfed in flames inside the house. Obviously, the neighbors, having seen it for more than five seconds, know, okay, fine, the house is not on fire, it's just a Halloween decoration, but somebody driving by the neighborhood, oh my God. Maybe the best Halloween and sports story ever had to be one that you need to see to believe, but ESPN made sure to show it over the weekend. And that was the time that Randy Moss somehow convinced grumpy Bill Belichick in 2009 to come to his Halloween party. And not just come to his Halloween party, but bring his girlfriend, the now so-called ungirlfriend of Bill Belichick, Linda Holloway, 
And not only did they come, they came in costume. Oh, yeah, did I mention it was a roller skate Halloween party in costume with... Yeah, we're, we're on to Cincinnati. Yeah, we don't, I don't really do Halloween. This is a great example of how Belichick isn't the guy many people think he is. Here, I'll let Randy Moss tell the story. ESPN, a throwback to 2009. So, so you're not interested in that, are you? In what? Halloween party. By the way, this was filmed as part of NFL Films. Mm, I forget the title of their series on this, but it was pretty much an all-access look at what Belichick does and very incredible to see how he works, how he talks to his players away from the podium with the microphone. Well, this is what it is. We are like dressed as the devil. No, that's what we're doing. It's, <laughs> well, hey, you'll get you might win the damn prize. <laughs> Trying to, you know, get us a little DJ, get us a roller rink and good you know idea. have it so have us a good night. But like I said, you're more than welcome or whatnot. I'm sure if you invite the coaches they don't be there. You think they would? Yeah. Okay. But if you don't want them, no, 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 no. See, I was because it's like, for instance, Halloween. I mean, we don't go out no more. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. But we still have that. It's a great holiday. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So we're candy and costume. Yeah. Right. (laughs) It's a great holiday. Belichick says candy and costumes. Totally into it. Also, Moss, of course, had an exterior perception. I think among many as being a bit of a punk diva. But in reality, he was stepping up to be a leader in that situation. He was the one that went into Belichick's office. And remember, when he landed in New England, his career had already taken a steep dive for his stint in Oakland. That did not go well. And a lot of people, myself included, thought, I don't know how much he has left. Well, obviously, he lit it the up with Tom Brady and Belichick. But here he was as a Patriot going into his coach's office to say, hey, uh, you know, we're uh, go to a roller rink and have a Halloween party if you want to come and show up. And Belichick is warm to the idea and says, yeah, okay, great. Well, here's the footage of him showing up with lovely Linda in a matching Pirates costume. <laughs> Look at this guy. <laughs> wow. He's smiling. He's into it. Randy Moss is wearing a SpongeBob costume. He's smiling, Randy, taking I've watched photos. this for seven years straight. It never gets old. This is my favorite part right here. You sneaking up in the back, like really taking the roller skating thing a little seriously. Uh, but I want to know, did you know he was coming or did it surprise you? Because he, he was non-committal when you asked him. He was like, I think the coaches, he kind of was the kept big, it vague. The biggest thing for me was just trying to get the significant other of the coaches out into a, a family gather- uh-huh. gathering. But when he showed up with his significant other, the music stopped, everybody stopped. Like, Bill's here? We had a great time, Alex. I know you're sitting over chuckling. I, what? I can't believe this is a real story. Oh, yeah. You got Bill Belichick to come to a roller rink uh-huh. Halloween party? That's, yeah. Hey, take him out of his Alex, element. Alex, that's how take good a player he Yeah, exactly. You have to be, to be able to play like Randy to get him to do that. I, that's funny that Alex Smith had never heard of nor seen that story. And maybe you right now are listening going, what? That was a thing? Yes, it was, captured by NFL Films, and good job for Randy Moss for getting 
old grumpy Bill out of the office. ESPN has revealed its financials because they're trying to sell the company. They're trying to finally show some skin to possible suitors to say, hey, who wants a piece of this, huh? Who wants to buy our little red four-letter cable network in the Connecticut woods and all of our rights that we own to all these great sports, 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 sports. And the net net is simple. ESPN is currently wildly profitable. However, it used to be obscenely profitable. And the trend and the direction it is decidedly heading in one way, and that is down. It may sustain as a certain level of profitability that makes sense for a potential buyer of the network, but what it used to be was crazy, almost like a printing press for money. Here is a podcast with Pablo Torre, he of ESPN, as well as uh, David Sampson, former Marlins and MLB executive, where they had on John Skipper, the ousted and disgraced John Skipper, who, now that I know, and you'll hear Skipper talk about how much money they were making and how they tried to hide it from everybody, now I know why he had a cocaine addiction. I would, too. Now I know why he just threw $5 million at Michelle Beadle when nobody else was bidding for. Because they could. Because they were swimming in money. Here is David Sampson. The biggest news of the past week or two for me has been finally ESPN for reasons that we can tell you, which is they're selling. Disney is selling ESPN. They need to raise cash. There is a lagging stock price and they need to pay down debt. So they want to sell ESPN. So they released the financials that John would never release. He would never tell the truth to leagues. I never had a say in whether ESPN's numbers were released or not. That was a board. This is a When I'd ask you or anyone would ask you to tell us the truth about your financial model, you could clammed up. What advantage would I get in telling you Friendship. how much money we make? Friendship. <laughs> You've now reached the point yeah. where David no longer believes any of his arguments. Yeah. What you are right about is the Walt Disney Company did not want to release the ESPN numbers. One, they did not want the leagues to see those numbers because they would have asked for more money. And they- The leagues to see those numbers. Yes. The leagues would have realized, holy shit, we are so being underpaid. Even though it seems like we're being overpaid. Look how much money ESPN is making. And they did not want the distributors to see how much money ESPN was making. So that'd be the cable outlets that were already like, hey, man, your one channel is accounting for a huge chunk of our customers' monthly cable bill. And many of them don't even watch sports. They aggregated the media earnings. They also. This is a big point, what he said. I also actually believe they did not want the rest of the company to know how much of the value of the company was ESPN. And Wall Street tried for years and years to do the calculations of what. They try to back into it. That's what analysts do, and they got it wrong. For people who don't know, John, how big of the pie ESPN is, so to speak, how big is it? ESPN was bigger during the 10s to the height of the submarket. of the submarket, ESPN was a bigger, more profitable company than the studio and the parks put together. Which is staggering. Amazing. ESPN was making more money, more profitable than the rest of Disney's entertainment, i.e. movies, TV, etc., and the parks department. And you know how much money they've siphoned out of your wallet when you take your family to Disney. Nate Bargatsky. Bargatsky? 
Bargatze, not no K on that, or Bargatze, is maybe the funniest clean comedian going right now. Hilarious. I've played a couple of his clips here in this podcast. He hosted SNL, which I hope now is taking a turn for trying to be, well, funny again. I believe this bit that I'm about to play you had to be written by Bargatze himself, but executed well by SNL and by the cast and the crew and everything else. By the way, cur- currently I believe Brian Reagan or Regan holds the title of funniest clean comedian going. There's a couple others that work completely clean. Jim Gaffigan is another one that's completely clean and family friendly as well. But here's Bargatze playing George Washington, addressing a number of his Union soldiers. Wait, not Union. It would be, uh, this was the war against Britain, not the Civil War. Uh, but he is uh, he's addressing his fellow soldiers saying, look, when we win this thing, we're going to create a great country. A great country that's going to do a lot of things that make no sense. How many leaders are in a gallon, sir? Nobody knows. <laughs> Sir, in this new country, what plans are there for men of color such as I? Distance will be measured in inches, feet, yards, and miles. (laughs) He's just ignoring the one black soldier's queries about, yeah, we're going to be equal, right? So 12 inches to a foot? Uh, 12 feet to a yard. If it were only so simple. (laughs) Three feet to a yard. And uh, how many yards to a mile? Nobody knows. (laughs) Okay, well, how many feet to a mile? 5,280, of course. (laughs) It's a simple number that everyone will remember. I must confess, it feels a little complicated, sir. Why not use meters and kilometers? We will, soldier but only in certain unpopular sports like track and swimming. (laughs) For popular sports like football, we will use yards. Football, (laughs) sir? Yes. It's a sport where you throw a ball with your hands. (laughs) So in football, there is no kicking? There's a little kicking. (laughs) You kick the ball to get points. How many points, sir? Sometimes one and sometimes three. <laughs> Very confused, sir. <laughs> it goes on for another couple minutes. Very funny. Very well done. I have spent a little bit of time thinking about why is Bargatze so funny to me. And I think it starts with his just sort of pleasant and relatable style and his tonality is great. He's got insight into what is funny and what's not funny, and he's got this impeccable sense of timing and deadpan. Father was a magician, professional magician, and he draws on a lot of that, I think, as a stand-up comic, but very good stuff. Yes, uh, football, a game primarily of people throwing the ball with their hands. There is kicking, a little bit of kicking. We're working on getting all of that out of the game. Sadly. And by we, I mean Goodell in the league. I love kicking, and I want to keep as much kicking in the game as possible. Quick break. When we come back, 
Marty Conway, professor of sports marketing, Georgetown University, and consultant to just about every professional sports league under the sun, will talk about how is Google doing with its new NFL package via YouTube. Spoiler alert, not great, Bob, not great. You are listening to the Zabecast. If 2024 is the year you're jetting off to a new country, or even just want to expand your language skills beyond English, then I urge you to check out Rosetta Stone today. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years. Why? Because it works. Instead of drilling vocabulary words, with Rosetta Stone you learn by matching audio, from native speakers to visuals, reading stories, participating in dialogues, and other practical language skills that fast-track your ability to communicate fluently. Not only is it a more effective way to learn, it's more fun. Rosetta Stone's advanced voice recognition technology gives you feedback on how well you pronounce words. Other language learning apps use speech recognition to detect what you said. Rosetta Stone tells you how well you said it. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages with lessons available on your computer, phone, or tablet. And with a lifetime membership, you get forever access to all the lessons for all the languages and never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, ZabeCast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. There is still plenty of opportunities to put a little something-something on the games. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, yes, golf. No matter what tickles your fancy, there is still plenty of action to whet your appetite. But just remember, where you bet is every bit as important, if not more so, than what you're betting on. That's why I tell my friends to go to mybookie.ag. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big DraftKings fan duel, whatever. No, 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 no. Johnny come lately's my bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does that matter? Oh, I don't know. In a million ways, better lines, better payouts, less rules, you name it. Plus you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code Zabe, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to a thousand dollars. Now make sure you read the rules on payouts regarding bonus wagering. It does require certain levels of wagering to collect your money, but if you just want to bet straight up, you don't want the deposit, you want to make a one-time bet for a million dollars, win it, and then walk away, fine. You can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today. Everybody needs money. That's why they call it money. Man, I'm a businessman, okay? I gotta make moves. I'm moving, cash. Me I'm moving all the time. Business, you know? If you can't help me, I go do something else because I'm business. I gotta move all the time, okay? Excuse me. I got business to take care of. They said it was impossible, Marty, but apparently Google has done it. 
Marty Conway joining us now, professor of sports business, marketing, and more at Georgetown University, and longtime consultant to all the major sporting leagues and whatnot. Um, apparently, Google is expecting to lose money on the NFL. Can you believe it? Shocking, right? <laughs> Shocking. A, a Morgan Stanley report projecting that YouTube's bet on Sunday ticket will result in a net loss of $8.86 billion between now and 2029. The 14-year, $7 billion contract to pay the NFL will gradually rise from $1.77 billion this year to $2.24 at the end of the deal. In their first season, YouTube is poised to make only $570 million in revenue in year one, and the projection is that by 2029, They'll make they'll be just at 2.5 million Sunday ticket subscribers, which is not much of an increase, going up to only about 835 uh, on a sunk cost of 2.24 billion dollars. What is going on here? Are you surprised by this? Well, no. First, first of all, number one, no, and number two, in that same report anywhere, do they mention the opportunity cost to Google for not doing it? and having Apple or somebody else of that nature. Ah, Opportunity cost. I vaguely (laughs) remember that from my Econ 101 at the Harvard of the West at UC Santa Barbara. So wait, if I recall, opportunity cost is that (laughs) mythical cost of if you don't do this, somebody else might, and that's bad. Well, in this case, when you have Juul type uh, programming like the NFL has proven to be, um, then it's unknowable, as Donald Rumsfeld once famously said. Known knowns um, and known unknowns <laughs> and unknown unknowns. Right. right. And so from that standpoint, and the second thing is, and I, I, I will just drop in the bucket because any billion levels of billions of dollars is not on the bu- drop in the bucket. But currently, reminder, Google's market cap is one and a half trillion dollars, right? Right. And so just like anybody else in the trillion category, whether it's Microsoft or Apple or Google, these kind of investments that they're having to make, again, 15 years, who who knows what the landscape looks like in five to 10 years, but we know this, none of their competitors will have NFL programming. And so is it a matter of time? Will this be a net uh, positive payoff? The answer is unlikely. Will they close that gap significantly in the next, in years, maybe between five and 10? I think it's quite likely because I'm sure that they have modeled out much better than you and I can what the, what the slide off is and what the glacier that is melting that is linear television. Right. And so uh, that, I think that's where this is all, you know, in, in those formulas of 5, 10, and 15 years out. Two things on the positive side for Google. Number one is they got the cash. So like you yes. said, they're, they're not going to miss it, uh, this small loss, relatively speaking, to the rest of their business model. Also, you do mention that the NFL is a crown jewel-type media property or, or property to own as part of your media portfolio, so therefore you're always going to overpay to a certain extent for Mona Lisa's, and that's what the NFL is. Fine. At the end of the day, though, shouldn't it be making money? 
Like, isn't that what we're in the business of, making money? YouTube has tons of people like me yeah. and others creating yeah. videos, creating content for which Google and YouTube give yeah. back a fraction of it in ad sell sales, and they make yeah. a shit ton of money on that. Yeah, no, well, that's true. But look, the linear TV people have been in the NFL business for 50 or 60 years. And over the course of that, I'm quite certain that in the initial period, it was clearly a money loser and they figured out over time to do it. Because again, remember when you do these kind of modeling, you have to take into account, yes, what kind of ad revenue or subscription revenue am I going to get from that? And that's all part of it. But number two, what is it doing from all of my adjacent products and programming that are part of it? And if you look at what NBC has done, for example, on Sunday night football and what it does on Monday nights and all the other programming that they have, it drives a fire hose of viewership to everything else that they do. And so where can you get that sort of fire hose with the exception now of the NFL or because what's happening is Steve and in the, in the uh, you know, in the digital side right now, there's a whole ton of influencers out there who are able to accumulate up programming, but those people aren't going to be around very much longer. And so it's going to revert back to what do you have in terms of live, fresh programming that would make people want to be in the on-demand environment. And so I, I know from our experience at AOL, we, we were with the NFL for quite a few years, and there were always questions at the beginning of the relationship. Well, how are you going to pay this off? Usually by the end of five years or even longer, those weren't really questions anymore because what it was doing for the rest of the business overall. But initially, you're going to sustain some losses if you want to be in the in the NFL business. And like I said, the biggest question is the opportunity cost. What else would you have that could drive that kind of uh, advertising revenue, which you can build over time? or distribution and promotion of your other product shows or whatever else uh, Google has in mind, I think. Yeah. Uh, they had their first major sort of Sunday with streaming issues, uh, Google slash YouTube slash Sunday Ticket, probably because they had a full slate of games and a full nine games at 1 o'clock. I yeah. still yeah. think, Marty, they the league yeah. buries too much of their product in one time window on a Sunday afternoon, but that's a discussion for another day. I personally... I am, I'm enjoying the YouTube Sunday ticket experience because it's so portable and so glorious to be able to watch on my iPad mini even while driving home from Lambeau Field after leaving early because the Packers apparently don't like to score touchdowns anymore. <laughs> yeah, and, and also keep in mind, Google, YouTube, et cetera, these are global platforms, right? And this is not a play just for the lower 48, as they say in middle America, but these are platforms that both the NFL and the NBA have in mind to scale and MLS with Apple to scale globally. This right. is no longer a simple, well, this is linear for this country and we have something over here. They're now going into scale where we're, we're getting multiple continents all wrapped into the delivery, whether it's on Netflix or Apple or YouTube, whatever it is to do. So again, these are, these are game changing uh, venue changing products and services now in the game that these global media companies are in because that's an opportunity. And yes, I agree with you, but look, what that's what systematically the NFL has done over the last decade or so is they systematically chopped up what used to be Sunday one, Sunday four, and now saying, well, there's also Sunday at eight 15 and Oh, by the way, we have Thursday and Oh, by the way, we have some Sunday mornings now. Yeah. They've tried to do that, but 
but they still have to deliver for Fox and CBS and deliver enough tonnage on those Sunday at one and Sunday at four. And so what you saw last weekend was more of that consolidation, no Sunday morning game, but we're going to have two games over the next two weeks from Germany. So we're going to sort of be back into that uh, scenario of multiple windows throughout the course of Sunday through Monday night. The networks are the NFL's wife. Streaming is their mistress. And they are furiously trying to keep both of them happy. Fair analogy? Oh, yeah, for sure. Look, in some cases, look, I have linear cable and I have Peacock, right? And I have Netflix. Like, where do I count, right? And so it's just a question of <laughs> I'm still being... hanging on to satellite direct TV with right. my eight boxes that ding me for whatever they ding me per month. I can't quite pull the trigger to call them and say, come pick them up. I'm done. Yeah. What the NFL has done, again, more so than anybody, is they started to dabble in this years ago just to try to learn. Remember, there were live games on Twitter. There were live games on Yahoo. Oh, I remember the live to... game on Twitter. <laughs> right. And so they've tried to uh, sort of experiment because before you can have experience, you have to experiment. Right. And, th- and that's one way that they're trying to do this. And everybody's in the same game. And right now, if you look at the numbers that they're reporting – is they're trying to report sort of total eyeballs, right? How many people are watching on linear? How many people have been watching on Peacock or wherever it is? And and I just, I think a lot of that is suspect because they really don't know what I'm doing on any given time. And so, um, but look, that's the NFL. The NBA is about to go through this with their next deal. I think you'll see them go into the digital space and the streaming space in a way they watch what the NFL has done. And they're, they're sort of like Apple. The NBA is a fast follower, uh, and they're going to look at what the NFL has done and who was left out and who might still want the kind of programming that the NBA can bring, which is, you know, I say to my students, live sports is like fresh milk, right? Best consumed the day that it comes out of the cow. Yeah. Every day after that, not quite as interesting. Right. I, I like that. It, it, to be, in, to be uh, experienced, you have to experiment. I'm going to steal that one. I, I learned a long time ago in this business that to be interesting on the radio or on podcast, you have to be interested in That's as right. many things as possible. So I'm going to steal yours and add <laughs> it to mine. The NBA right now is doing everything they can to calm some TV network execs who are ready to pay more money for the league over the whole load management thing. And they've added this new wrinkle, the NBA Cup. I don't know what your thoughts are about whether this thing is going to become popular wildly popular or a disaster but right now they're trying some things and i guess i applaud the nba for that how are they poised with their new rights deal coming up well this is part of it they wanted to you know this is what adam silver it it wasn't just about uh trying to copy what uefa does with champions league and all these other things yes that's a part of it one of the issues that the nba had more so because of the amount of inventory that they have say compared to the nfl was you know, what is that? What is that Wednesday night in December game really interesting? What is that Wednesday night in January or Thursday night or Monday nights when they move to so little interest in a league where there's so much heat around Christmas Day and then sort of the All Star game and then you right. wait until the the playoffs begin. So that was part of it. But the main thing was to try to get this programming out there. I mean, get this uh, cup out there and get some idea of what the interest level is so that they could flaunt it at the same time that they're talking to their prospective TV rights holders, who one of them may say, hey, you know what, I'm going to raise my hand. I'm interested in all those cup games, right? 
not so much interested in an entire season package. And maybe my focus is around, you know, whatever the NBA Cup turns out to be. And again, keep in mind, this is for a global audience. I don't know if you know this or not, but if I had to, you know, hold you down and ask you which country this year has the most international players in the NBA, you probably wouldn't say France, but it is the case. Wow. And so this is what we're seeing is we're seeing these countries and continents warm up quickly, Africa, the NBA, Africa, to all that. So this is all part of that combination. Whether it works in the U.S., whether people show up on a Thursday night in Milwaukee or wherever they're going to be, it's hard to say. But again, I think this is ideal eye candy for their prospective TV partners and maybe a streaming partner in particular who could take these games and show them around the world and in countries like France and other places. We get a little jaded by some additional games, but I can assure you in other parts of the world where the NBA is growing and basketball is you know, expanding in Latvia and other places, this will be really prime programming for them. Uh, the league did announce they would have special custom courts installed for cup games throughout the season. So whoever's making basketball courts, they got a sweet contract to build some more custom courts. I'm sure there's going to be custom jerseys for cup games. So there yeah. you could go marketing and merchandise sales there, and we'll see if it works. I mean, I'm not against trying new things. I can't say I'll be personally excited for it, but we'll see how it goes. Let's switch to baseball. How's the World Series doing? Game three was last night. Too late for today's podcast, the result. But how's the picture for the World Series baseball in general? Uh, Baseball is healthy. And as I say often on my Twitter feed, for those that follow, these last few uh, months and even this year has been really tough for what I call the baseball is dying crowd. Right. A few years ago, there was just rampant baseball's dead, baseball's dying. It's got bad television ratings nationally, et cetera, all of that. And some to some extent, there were some of those issues around there. But if you look since the change in in rules and speeding up the games and doing things like that, attendance is up, I think, in double digit percentage this year. You've got markets like Arizona and Baltimore and other places that have come alive again. And so. Baseball is poised, I think. Look, the NBA, I mean, sorry, the NFL, for whatever they've done, they are now a television product. And I think they're proud of that. And I think everybody understands that. Baseball is a sport best consumed live. And what you see is in markets like Texas and and Phoenix for Arizona and other places, they actually respond. Kansas City a few years ago, Tampa a few years ago. Somehow baseball seems to sprinkle around this sort of pixie dusk of, you know, a postseason showing up there for a couple of years and sustaining that market. I happen to think baseball is in a really good position. Now, from a TV perspective, they got some RSN problems for sure because they are a regional sport-based league. Uh, so there's some challenges there. But I think most people think now that the game itself, because of the speed of play and because of some of the interesting athletes that are out there, it's in a pretty good position and maybe poised to – surprise people from a business marketing standpoint. So I think in this case, you're seeing it in Texas and Arizona, but I think it's going to continue to be that way in different markets. And oh, by the way, do we really always need LA and New York and Atlanta in the World Series? I think the answer to that is no. No. Uh, The payroll disparity, though, between Arizona and just about everybody else along the way is staggering. 
And so I wonder if you could wave your magic wand, hypothetically speaking, and impose a hard, flat salary cap across all Major League Baseball, would it benefit the sport to have year after year seemingly random World Series is, is that pits, say, Kansas City against Miami or Toronto against Colorado or Tampa against Cincinnati. And yes, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit, listing <laughs> off all those possible World Series. Would that be good or bad for baseball? Well, I can tell you, let's talk about what it will be in just a minute, but I can tell you that over the last 10 years, there's been nine different World Series champions, right? And in that 10-year period, 14 different teams have gone to the World Series, right? So that's almost 50% of all the markets in Major League Baseball have participated in the World Series. I believe that's net-net positive for uh, for the sport overall. Now, from a media and other perspective, is it great when the Yankees win four straight in the late 1990s? Of course, it generates that sort of interest. But do I think that I just don't think that there is a national audience for Major League Baseball. I think there's a national audience for the NFL because of the way they go about it. But I think it's much more local and regional. So, if again, if you're asking me long term what's best for it, I want to see each market have an opportunity to play in October and early November. And I think right now baseball seems to give each of those markets the best opportunity. Do I think there's a salary cap? I would say no. What I think the answer to that is, is nationalization of their media revenues in such a way that every market can participate from those national media revenues and not have markets like Tampa or other other places have to suffer because of it. So I don't really think it's a question of capping salaries. I think it's a question of increasing those national revenues, which inure to everybody's benefit. Every NFL team this year is going to get a check for something like $320 plus million, right? That puts everybody in a position on opening day of the NFL season to say, at least from a payroll standpoint, we can all afford the same amount. So I don't think you necessarily need the cap, but what I do think is you need a lot of support coming from national revenues uh, that baseball just doesn't really tap that well, and particularly international revenues. Some of the best players in baseball right now, Otani, et cetera, are coming in from outside the U.S. I agree that baseball is no longer a national product. What haunts me, though, is where did that go? Who killed it? What killed it? Why killed it? Well, the decision was to allow each team, number one, to have a regional television market. Okay, that's fine. Right. But what they did was they suppressed opportunity because every RSN controlled any display, right? So – as soon as streaming comes along, the RSN with a 10 or 15 or 20 year deal says, no, 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 you can't show it on another device. You have to show it on my device, which in that point was the television. Okay. And I, so I think that's, I get that's that. really what hurt them. I get that. But it's like a red blooded American sports male back in 1985 would sit down and watch the World Series no matter who was in it and no matter where they lived. That's not the case anymore. What happened? You know, it, I think part of it is when were the games, where were they on, what, you know, and again, baseball has suffered probably more than others because of labor disruption along the way and sort of villainizing the players and doing that. If you look at the strength of, say, the NBA and the NFL, they've never really gotten in the business of vilifying their players across the table. 
And so I think there was some of that as well. So some of this was self-inflicted, but some of it was also just the nature of other sports coming along, you know, like the NBA sopping up all the social media content, the NFL taking all of the over the air opportunity talk away. radio yeah that, talk radio as well right that basically yeah. the nfl was a superior product and once it leveraged itself across multiple <laughs> media platforms there is kind of no bandwidth left for baseball so it became right. a regionalized thing you rooted for your team as long as your team was in it and as soon as yep. they were out you were out yeah because when you i mean when you look at it what the nfl what football has done is one day to play and six days to talk about it. And they're happy to promote all of that opportunity, right? Versus baseball, you've got to play every day. Well, you can't talk about it and play every day. It's very difficult to find people on the air who can right. talk about that. New but York, can... Philly, Boston, maybe right. Chicago. Those are about exactly. the only cities that can do baseball every single day during the season. Right. But every market seems to have football, former players, whatever it is to do, and have multiple because, number one, you can sell it in the marketplace. You can sell it to automotive. You can sell it to tires. You can sell it to all that. They all want a piece of football talk. And baseball just did not do a good job of marketing their product. They did what I refer to it as MLB considered it corporate baseball. They didn't really go out and promote the sport writ large. They just promoted their own interest in sort of corporate teams. And, and that's something that they made that mistake for probably 20 years. Now they're starting to try to pull that back with, you know, changing how fast the game is and rules and things, but might be a little too late. All right. Final question. October 6th, out of the blue, I get a text from one Marty Conway that said simply, Swift Kelsey is a scam, Zabe. We are being scammed. I quickly replied, Marty, we need to pot it up on this. I'd love to hear your thoughts. You then went dark on me. (laughs) <laughs> Very unusual. I thought, oh, my God, the Swifties have gotten him. Now you're ready to speak. Do you feel still feel it's a scam? I'm I'm hearing it from the Swift crowd that maybe, maybe there's something there that at least curiosity, right, as much as that's possible. But at the end of the day. You're I hearing think- it from the Swift crowd? Is this your daughter's or are you a Swiftie? They're all, they're all around. They're all around to say, you know, to do it. But let's just say this: if past is prologue, where does Jason Kelsey fit in the entire history of Taylor Swift relationships? Right? We all see the same thing. It's... Whether they last one month or six years, you're always going to be. It's like a Spielberg movie, right? It's Taylor Swift is dating fill in the blank. It's never somebody fill in the blank is dating Taylor Swift. So you're always going to be under the Spielberg uh, level. And, you know, is that good for Jason Kelsey in the long run or anybody else like that? Uh, that, that remains to be seen. So maybe we're moving from, as the teenagers would say, that I would say, you know, are you dating? No, we're just talking. And so maybe they're in the talking stage. Let's see if it actually gets to the dating stage, Zabe, and then we can have that conversation again. Yeah, Like bull riding, very few men make it past eight seconds. We'll see if Kelsey can make it past the eight-second bell in the Taylor Swift rodeo. As yeah, always, gotta Marty, the- <laughs> got to get to the bell. As always, a pleasure. You can follow Marty on Twitter at Marty Conway. Spell as you would expect, and if you can't spell, you don't deserve to read his tweets. And we thank you, as always, for your time, my friend. We'll talk again soon. Okay, Zabe, thanks. Shake it off, shake it off
Let's end on a little bit of feedback. You can always reach me at zabe at yahoo.com. I got seven pieces of mail to read here, so let's get cracking. Number one, Bill Zylakowski. I've been listening for so long, I don't remember where I first found you, but a few thoughts. One, Andy takes too much crap from listeners. I love the two of you together, and I'm pretty much politically aligned with your beliefs and not his. P.S. Try to have Charge create more distance between his mic and his mouth. That should alleviate the breathing. (sighs) I'm assuming he's using a headset mic. He is indeed. My rule of thumb is when I was an engineer was to be able to put two fingers between the mic and your mouth. Yes, there is that, and he also needs to get the mic out of the direct exhaust stream of his nose and his mouth. Now to the meat of my letter, though. You say nobody goes to Buffalo Wild Wings in Buffalo? Why would you? For Asian zing? Maybe Canadians, but they don't count. I took my wife on a first date when we met in Denver. You learn right away whether she's the right one or not. She chose blue cheese over ranch. She ate her wings with just her thumb and forefinger, like civilized people do, not two hands like a savage. There's no reason a person should look like a child eating spaghetti when eating buffalo wings. P.S. We had our four-year anniversary last week. Love the podcast. In radio lingo, I'm a P1. Bill Zyolakowski. Zyolakowski? Zyolakowski. P1 refers to position one in the presets on your car stereo. And that when you have somebody who's such a diehard of your show or station that they put you in position one, that's a P1 listener. It's not that they are to be taken for granted, but let's just be honest, we kind of take the P1s for granted. They say, oh, we, we love what you're doing, whatever it is, we're going to be there. But make sure to thank them and, and keep your eye on them in case they decide to go, oh, you know what, don't need to listen to that guy quite as much. This one from Gavin Malloy. A little humor for you. Charges breathing. I was driving in my recently repaired car listening to the pod when, I, when my heart sank, thinking I was hearing my car was running poorly again, only to keep listening, and it was you mentioning Charges breathing on the other end of the line that was making the noise. Hallelujah! It's not my damn car again. Sincerely, Gavin Malloy, Nashville, Tennessee. Sean Roberts. Duck, duck, go in browsers. Charge is partially correct. Zabe, this is an easy one. Use Brave Browser and Brave Search Engine. I also use VPN, Proton VPN, as well as Proton Mail. I pay for their service, and it is excellent. SMR in the New Orleans area. Oh, did I mention his name already? I think I might have. Sorry, he's trying to stay off the grid. I'm mentioning your name. Uh, This one from Peter. He says, Steve, love the new podcast format. Solo podcasts are great, arguably as enjoyable as the ones with Andy and Jay. And screw all the haters. Keep belting out those great white north high notes with Charge. Uh, C. Everett says, baseball gods have struck again. Steve, how funny that the baseball gods heard you when you said, gee, I might have one good buddy who is a Diehard Astros fan and another good buddy, a diehard Phillies fan, and they may meet in the World Series. And I might say to the two of them, hey, buddies, let's go to all seven, if needed, World Series games. We're the three best friends at anyone. What? Oh, they're, oh no, neither team is in the World Series. What? Why did that happen? Oh, that's right. 
I open my big fat mouth. Jimmy Maslov says, Zabe, oven mitts in Major League Baseball. My lovely bride is busting my chops about the sliding gloves baseball players are wearing. She won't stop saying, they didn't use them back then. These guys are soft. I like this girl already. It looks to me most wear them on their right hand, which would be protective when getting back to first base, but not so helpful in stealing second. Anyway, perhaps you can make a show of this. Love the podcast, Jim Masloff. I don't think I can make a whole show about the sliding oven mitts on the baseball players now, but yes, I can assure you Ty Cobb is spinning in his grave. Soft. And then finally this from my friend Aaron Kolodny, a.k.a. the Hebrew Hammer. That's his nickname, not mine. He says, you said what? I am very close, Zabe, to reconsidering where I place you on my personal Mount Rushmore of radio geniuses and sports opinion. Did you just say last week that you hold Gene Steraturd in high regard as a TV knob and as a referee on the field? What? Mr. Steed Zabin, the court would like to appoint two witnesses, Calvin Johnson and Des Bryant. Oh, and all their fans that this D-bag screwed over. The biggest moments Gene Steratore got in his own way, and at least for the Cowboys, essentially ended the season. No one says that being an NFL official is easy, but he failed in the biggest of moments. He is a bag of dicks. You might as well have said Biden is doing a great job right now. Steve, get a hold of yourself, bro. Still love you, just a little bit less. Wow. Well, I believe the rules on the books exonerated the call that Steratore made in the Calvin Johnson play because he put the ball down while firmly in his giant Megatron hand as a tripod brace while tumbling in the back of the end zone and left it there because he had made his point like, yeah, I caught it, a Megatron. Yeah, one hand? Okay, you think it's... Knock it out of my one hand, I dare you. I bet you could go up to... I bet a civilian, if they went up to Megatron holding a football with one of those receiver's gloves in one hand, couldn't, with the full force of his own hand, knock it out. I'd be willing to see that. I believe the rules were changed after that, but the rule at the time, I think Steratore was correct. Was Steratore the crew chief when Dez caught it in Green Bay? I don't recall that. I do think they fucking got that one wrong. Thank you, Aaron Kalodny. That is a wrap for today. Thank you so much. Rate and review on your podcast platform of choice. Apple Podcasts is probably the number one in terms of downloads, but if you're on Google Play, do that as well. If you get it from other some other service, I'm telling you people, we are living under the tyranny of the algorithm. And so anything that can help tickle the algorithm and confirm to people that, hey, this is a good sports podcast, sports and more podcast that will absolutely give you an enjoyable 30 to 45 minute ride a day, Monday through Thursday. And if you want more, you can subscribe to Fridays. Do rate and review, and I appreciate it very much. As always, you can reach me at zabedyahoo.com. Have yourself a great Halloween, and we will see you in November. Don't go chasing the good old days,
just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. There is still plenty of opportunities to put a little something-something on the games. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, yes, golf. No matter what tickles your fancy, there is still plenty of action to whet your appetite. But just remember, where you bet is every bit as important, if not more so, than what you're betting on. That's why I tell my friends to go to mybookie.com. AG. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big DraftKings fan duel, whatever. No, 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 no. Johnny come lately's. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does that matter? Oh, I don't know. In a million ways. Better lines, better payouts, less rules, you name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Now, make sure you read the rules on payouts regarding bonus wagering. It does require certain levels of wagering to collect your money, but if you just want to bet straight up, you don't want the deposit, you want to make a one-time bet for a million dollars, win it, and then walk away, fine. You can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today.